Hello again, my name is Michael. And I'm Grace. And welcome back to Disney Through the Ages. On this show, my husband and I are watching every animated Disney movie in order, starting with Snow White and continuing, you know, through the ages. Then, after watching each movie, we'll come back here and give a review and talk about whether these old classics hold up to modern standards, as well as seeing how Disney movies have evolved over the years. Today, we're watching the eighth animated Disney movie, Make Mine Music. Which I had literally never heard of until this week. So, uh, what are your thoughts and expectations going into this movie? I expect it to be the best of the package films that we've watched. And why is that? Because we paid for it. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. I don't think that's really going to have much bearing on the quality of the movie, considering it was made a long time before we paid for it, but... Still, this is the only movie on the list that we're going off of that we have had to purchase. Yeah, every other Disney animated movie is on Disney Plus available for free. Well, free, quote unquote, because we've already paid for Disney Plus. But for some reason, Make Mine Music is not on there. Yeah, it's the only one. Technically, as of recording this, Tarzan's not on there, but it going to be there by the time we get there in this list so yeah i think we have a while until we get to tarzan just just a few movies (laughs) yeah but yeah um so in researching this week's episode um and in purchasing make mine music uh we learned a little bit about it so i have a little bit of an idea going into it that um when we bought it on amazon a lot of the reviews were talking about people saying Make Mine Music is my very favorite of the Disney package films from this era. And so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm going into it with high expectations just because a lot of people seem to really love this one for some reason. Agreed. And and just in case we haven't specifically said a package film is a film that's a, basically a bunch of shorts together. Yeah, during the 40s, a lot of the staff of Walt Disney Animation Studios was either drafted during World War II or called on to work in the propaganda department. And so the package films are kind of made with whatever staff they had left just to try to keep the studio afloat during the war. Exactly. So I am looking forward to this one. And I'm hoping I purchased the international version of the film because it does include a short that's not present in the American release. Yeah, weirdly enough, Make Mine Music has never been released in full on home video in America. Uh, The reason being there's a scene in it, in the theatrical release originally, that is kind of relating to the Hatfields and the McCoys, and there's a lot of guns involved. And so it was kind of controversial because of the amount of firearms that were in the movie so they just cut that scene out for any american home video releases so i think we got the international one so we should be able to see the entire movie but we'll let you know in a few minutes after we've watched it see you in a minute Well, folks, we have good news and bad news. The good news, I did indeed purchase the international version of the DVD. Bad news is it was Region 2, and our Blu-ray player will not play discs from Region 2 because it's not a region-free Blu-ray player. So instead, I found a playlist on YouTube with all of the shorts, and we watched them in order. Yeah, apparently uh, Make My Music doesn't really have anything in between the shorts to kind of transition from one to the next. It really is just a anthology movie. And so 
finding the videos on YouTube, really the only downside of that is that sometimes they're going to have Spanish subtitles or something like that. You know, it might be a little lower quality because it's compressed for YouTube. But I mean, it's all there. Exactly. So we still got to watch everything, including the short that wasn't in the U.S. release. Yeah, uh, the very first short of Make My Music was The Martins and the Coys, which is uh, basically playing off the idea of the Hatfields and the McCoys, the kind of two feuding families. Um, but I figured, first of all, let's run down the list of what the shorts are. Yeah, so that was the very first one, and then it goes into one called Blue Bayou. And then next is All the Cats. And then there's one called Without You. And then there's Casey at the Bat. And Two Silhouettes. And then uh, Peter and the Wolf. And then After You're Gone. Then Johnny Fedora and Alice Blue Bonnet. And then last but certainly not least, The Whale Who Wanted to Sing at the Met, also known as Willie the Operatic Whale. Yeah, so uh, first of all, The Martins and the Coys. Uh, I can see why it was cut. There was a whole lot of shooting. And a whole lot of violence. But there were consequences. Like, everyone died except for one person from each family. Right? Like, I was actually expecting for, like, you know, just bullets whizzing past people's heads and stuff. But, like, no, there's all the shooting and clouds of smoke. And then it pans up and they're all ghosts hanging out in the clouds with halos. Yeah, I understand not wanting to, like, show gunplay or whatever. But they also showed consequences for it. So... Oh, oh, you mean that makes it better? I thought that made it worse, honestly. <laughs> Everyone died. Yeah, but there was there's consequences to it. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Like, it's showing that playing with guns is bad because everybody died. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. I still can totally see why they would not want to show it, though, because it still is a lot of violence and a lot of people getting murdered on screen. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, but anyway, after everybody died, uh, there was one left from each, uh, Henry Coy and Gracie Martin. And that was where I first noticed that the animation in this movie was kind of wonky. I hated how Henry looked. He he just looked so weird with gigantic feet. And like, I know he's supposed to be exaggerated manliness, kind of weird proportions, but it just, it looked weird. And then Gracie was just definitely a very much a practice second-rate Cinderella. Yeah, she looked like prototype Cinderella, for uh-huh. sure. Although it did, the animation in this first short had a lot of character. Like, there was this whole hoedown scene with banjo picking going on and stuff. And everything felt very fluid and very full of life. Agreed. Like, the dancing looked really good, mm. actually. Yeah, and uh, I actually really enjoyed the music in this one, too. It was a lot of, I mean, we're, we live here in Tennessee, and it was a lot of the kind of music that we've heard growing up going to, you know, it, it's not backwoods, you know, we're in a big city, but uh, you do hear a lot of this same kind of banjo-picking music in the background and stuff um, just on field trips around or things like that, you know. So I think I think they nailed the deep South redneck vibe very well. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. I didn't like how it ended, though, where it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, so the feud is over because uh, Henry and Gracie get married, but then it ends with, and after they've been married for a little while, they start bickering and fighting, and they're feuding worse than their families before, and I'm like, oh, married people fighting is funny, because married people aren't allowed to be happy. Great. That's a good message to send. 
Yeah, that bugged me as well. It's like, really? And then the next one was uh, Blue Bayou. And here's a little piece of trivia. This was supposed to be in Fantasia with Claire de Lune playing in the background, but then it got cut. And that seemed to feel like, I know that was specifically about this short, but it felt like what the rest of the movie was too. Like, honestly, it feels like knockoff Fantasia made with slightly more modern music. Like, a lot of the shorts in this movie, I mean, it's called Make My Music. A lot of the shorts very much were Fantasia-like pieces with, um, you know, music with accompanying animations. It just was with more modern, for the time, music. Yeah, this one in particular, I just felt very meh about. Mm. The animation was meh. The music was meh. Yeah, um, actually, the YouTube video that we found was, I believe, in Italian. Um, and it is supposed to be in English. And I looked up the English lyrics, and I was like, I'm not even going to bother finding an English video, because the lyrics don't make much sense in English either. It's just, it's not a good song. And it's just two birds flying around in a blue bayou like there's nothing to it you read the name blue bayou you see the description there's two egrets flying that's it that's the entirety of the thing exactly and then the next one is all the cats join in and i was actually really disappointed because with a name like all the cats join in i thought there was gonna be cats (laughs) (laughs) to being honest yeah i i actually really loved this one um it was called all the cats join in and then it said uh like a little sub title uh, a jazzy interlude and and it that was perfect description for it It was very jazzy and there was just lots of it started out with pencils drawing what was happening on screen and that went on throughout the thing and i really enjoyed that that remind me reminded me of i think it was saludos amigos Mm -hmm. the watercolor where he's watery coloring like as the song goes on that reminded me a lot of this i also really like this because i did enjoy the jazzy music like as far as music goes, I think this is my favorite one of musically. Yeah, it was a lot more upbeat and a lot more engaging than some of the other songs. Because this Make My Music overall had a lot of very operatic singing and a lot of just music that doesn't hold up to modern standards, I don't think, personally. Agreed. This one was a little uncomfortable. Uh, there was some nudity in it. Mm-hmm. And also there's this scene where they're, they're drawing with a pencil and he draws... Well, I say he, the artist draws uh, someone very thick (laughs) and then no one wants to dance with her and then erases her to make her skinny. And I was like, what? Yeah, that was definitely a product of its time. Um, And yeah, there was one part where, so so basically the premise is, you know, the the pencils draw this boy character and he, uh, then it draws a phone and he calls and then it draws in the the girl that he's calling and, and basically they're, they're going to the malt shop. They're going to have a party. And so then it draws a car and the boy's driving and he picks up the girl and then they're picking up all their friends all along the way. And there's like 50 teenagers piling into this car and one of them's riding on the hood and they're speeding, tearing up through there real fast. And then they come across a cop car and they slow down and sit up all prim and proper, even with one still sitting on the hood of the car. And then as soon as they drive past the cop, they're flooring it again. And it was just, <laughs> I don't know. It was a, a, a not, a, I don't think that's really a good message to send of like delinquency is okay if you're not around a cop. But uh, overall, it was a very fun, just kind of, we're going to the mall shop to have a dance, you know. Let's go to the mall. Shop. Yeah. <laughs> the next one, uh, I literally wrote, wrote the title is Without You, and I wrote, 
it's Fantasia without the classical music, too abstract. That's the only notes I had on it. Yeah, I wrote that. It's a good sad song, but I don't really want to like listen to a sad song. Like I like the jazzy music. I like the country music. I like yeah, this was just a little meh. I, I put meh next to this one too. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Casey at the Bat is one of the more well-known ones. And I, th- I think it's a poem is why people know of Casey at the Bat. It, at least um, it very much felt like they were trying to take a poem and make it an animation. And there were some parts that would have worked better if you were just reading a poem. But then because it was animated, it dragged out and made the line rhyme at the wrong time or things like that. Yeah, I liked it in the sense that there was like a definite story there. Yeah. You know, he's this hot shot and then he's arrogant and like loses it all essentially. Yeah. Cause uh, basically it's, it's the ninth inning of a baseball game and the home team is behind and everybody's trying to, they're trying to get on base and there's two out and there's two on base and it's Casey's turn to come up to bat. And he's a real ladies man is what he is. He's a, he's a man's man, a burly man, but he's a ladies man too. All the girls are gawking at him and stuff. And then he swings and then there's like 45 seconds of something completely unrelated. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. And then it cuts back to the baseball diamond and he's there mad because he struck out. And it's just like, okay, that that was definitely meant to be a poem read and they tried to be funny with it and it didn't work to me. Yeah, they could at least try to make him like good looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um I feel like the animation in this one was really good. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked um, one of the characters was named Flynn. He was another baseball player. And he had this crazy mustache that was like getting twirled all around the bat and things like that. Like it was just hilarious. Um, yeah, I was cracking up laughing like the whole time he was at bat. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. But then even this one, like the people in the the fans in the crowd were beating up this guy in the bleachers randomly. I'm like, what? Like they're just hammering down on his head for no good reason or things like like it's just slapstick for the sake of slapstick without even any reason behind it and then uh at one point everybody's yelling kill the umpire and another point uh they're talking about casey he's always got his eye on the ball but mostly on the ladies it's just, <laughs> it's just yeah. very very dated agreed agreed and then we go into the next one it's called two silhouettes and I really liked the idea behind this one and not necessarily the execution. I liked it if it had replaced the dinosaur scene in Fantasia. Like, if it was part of Fantasia and kicked out one of the worst scenes from that, I would have probably enjoyed it more. It felt very adult. It felt like there was a lot of innuendo with what was happening on screen and with what was, especially in the lyrics, where it's talking about two become one and in the dark of night and the, you know that kind of thing like it felt very it felt very sexy agreed. like not in a good way <laughs> agreed um also i was like is this animated i couldn't tell it felt like they had taken video of people dancing and then just cut it out to make it silhouetted yeah i agree it just wasn't the best like next to it i just kind of feel like okay music Okay, animation. It's just okay. Not one I'd choose to watch again. Now, Peter and the Wolf, uh, we had a little bit of trouble finding this exact one. Um, we couldn't find the exact version that was in Make Mine Music uh, because basically the voice actor who played Winnie the Pooh 
was supposed to be the narrator in Peter and the Wolf. And we found videos on YouTube of him doing it, but they were all just audio because he also did a record where you could just, you know, play it for your kids. Um, so there were audio recordings of him doing it. But then ones that had video, all we could find was uh, later on, David Bowie actually recorded an LP of narrating the song Peter and the Wolf. And uh, someone had taken David Bowie's version and superimposed it over the video from Make Mine Music. So that's what we ended up watching. So it wasn't exactly the real experience, but... Uh, the David Bowie version seemed to fit very well with the video, so I think it still was the same kind of feel anyway. Yeah, because this was a, a narrated one, you know. You didn't really matter so much about the rest, and the music was still the same. Yeah, because basically Peter and the Wolf is a musical piece, and then what David Bowie or the voice actor who played Winnie the Pooh, what they were doing was just kind of narrating the action that's happening and narrating what the music is supposed to make you feel. And so regardless of whose voice is doing it, it's the same music behind it. So it's going to match up well with the video. And I thought the music was really cool. Like what they did with the music and how the different musical instruments represented the different characters. And so it just added a depth to it, I suppose. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I really love the animation in this one. Um, I, I think it was really well done. And I think I think it kind of shows the the bare bones studio that Walt Disney was working with, just the variance in the animation quality from one short to the next. Agreed. That wolf was straight up scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the wolf was absolutely terrifying. And then Peter was just adorable with his little cap gun and the bird with his little hat instead of like it was like the top feathers on the bird's head were like a hat and it was just it was really adorable. Um, and then the bad kitty, but he was, he was just misunderstood. He was actually a good kitty in the end. Uh, <laughs> then poor ducky died. I know. I was just like, when we were watching it, I was just literally like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Wolf just ate the duck. And then you see him walking up to heaven's gates with a halo. And then later on at the very end, they're like, nope, just kidding. The wolf ate him whole. I'm like, then what was he doing at Heaven's Gates? Because like, they're like, the wolf ate him whole. And so he ended up being fine because he got out of the belly. I'm like, no, no, you showed me him with a halo. He was dead. I know. I was really confused. In my notes, I wrote, duck died? Question <laughs> mark. Yeah, um, I'm surprised that the Martins and the Coys was cut, but Peter and the Wolf was not. Because there was a lot of just senseless gun shooting going on um, with the hunters that come after Peter. They're just shooting their guns all over the place for no reason. And it's just like, okay, let's be careless with guns. That's fine. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little two-faced. Mm. Also, I thought it was interesting that at the end, uh, Peter tied up the wolf and the hunters arrive and he, Peter's like, Psh, it's fine. I got this. Uh, and they take the wolf to the zoo. Like, he doesn't get killed or anything. Um, and it's also kind of weird that, like, you would think that something like this would be kind of a, uh, cautionary tale. Like, don't go out into the woods. You know, your, your grandfather said, don't go out in the woods because you might encounter a wolf. But then at the end, it's like, Peter was fine when he encountered the wolf. Yeah, that kind of made me upset. It should be a cautionary tale. But instead, it kind of did the opposite of that. It's like, oh, Peter didn't listen, but he's fine. Yeah, it's like the exact opposite of The Boy Who Cried Wolf. Now, the next one, After You've Gone, uh, I really liked the style they went with. And this is another one that felt like a modern version of Fantasia. And it felt like 
a modern version of like one of Fantasia's more abstract pieces, like the ones where the cellos are flying by and stuff like that. Yeah, I thought the music for it was very good, and then it was just very fun. You know, instruments in the backgrounds, and it was just very fun. Yeah, and it was one of the shorter segments in this as well, which I think was part of why I liked it, because it kept my attention, because it was only like four minutes long. Um, Also, this is the part in the movie where I realized everyone's saying, oh, this is my favorite of the package films. I think they're right, but my favorite package film is very different from saying this is a very good film. (laughs) You know, like, this is probably my favorite of the ones we've watched so far, as far as like Saludos Amigos, Three Caballeros. But it still has that Fantasia kind of problem of just dragging on too long. Agreed. I do think I liked Saludos Amigos more than this one. Really? Yeah, I feel like Saludos Amigos... I I think you're right. I think it probably is my favorite as well. I can see why people like this one better. But to me, I enjoyed the more upbeat Hispanic music and all. And the fact that it was only 45 minutes long instead of like an hour and a half. Yeah, it was just four concise shorts, so I liked it a little bit better than than this one. Just throw that out there. Yeah, this one had ten. So, like, I don't care if they're four 15-minute shorts. It still feels shorter than ten, even if they're only, like, three or four minutes long in some cases. Yeah, we still haven't finished talking about the whole movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so next up is uh, Johnny Fedora and Alice Bluebonnet. I will go ahead and say this is probably my favorite of all of them. It was really good. Um, Hats in Love. Johnny Fedora, Alice Bluebonnet, they meet in a shop window, and uh, yeah, hats in love. Now I've seen everything. It was just really cute, and Johnny was just trying to get to Alice doing whatever he could, and then eventually this person picks him up and cuts holes in him to put him on the horse's head, and he looks next to him, and there's Alice on the other horse's head, and this is so cute. It was adorable. Um, Although even this one had some really problematic stuff because at one point, uh, so Johnny gets bought and he's on a man's head throughout the town and he gets blown off into the wind. And then uh, a vagabond, a vagrant, I don't know what what to call it, but a a lowlife essentially uh, picks him up and dusts him off and puts him on his head. And then next thing you know, he's, he's, picking up a cigarette with him and then they're going into a bar and there's showgirls and there's liquor and everybody's smoking and then somebody pulls out a gun and there's a brawl and like all this shooting and stuff it's like that's got really dark i kind of forgot that part i kind of blocked it out of my mind (laughs) yeah it was it was not very long I, I just noticed, oh, wow, there's all this bad stuff, especially because of some of the other movies we've watched, having to having to notice the little details that's like, oh, I'm going to have a problem with that. That's that's kind of problematic. But it's got me kind of in that mood when we're watching these older movies. I just kind of tend to brush past and see mo- more of the innocence with it. Mm-hmm. So it's good. We both pick up on different things. Yeah, and at the end of that one, uh, it had a good little moral that true love will always... Or true love will come shining through, which, that's just sweet. I know, I just really liked it. It was cute, they ended up together, and they lived happily ever after these hats, and I liked it. But wait, there's more, we're still not done. (laughs) The last last short of this movie was Willie the Operatic Whale, which, it lived up to the operatic name it would the whole thing was sung operatically and it got really old really fast yeah it was an enjoyable at the beginning but then it did get to be a little much mm-hmm. also 
the animation style in this one was just really unique. I still don't know if I like it or not. Agreed. I think I like it, but it, it was definitely more exaggerated, you know, so the exaggeration really does kind of feel very Disney about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, even compared to the other whale we've seen, Monstro, um, Willie is just much more cartoony. And, like, he's literally, you know, the, the little flippers on the end of a whale's tail. Those are, like, his legs. And then, like, the whole front half of the whale is meant to be his head. And so, like, it's just very exaggerated, weirdly proportioned. You know, this 50-foot-long whale standing on a stage, singing operatically and stuff. Um so yeah, it was just really interesting. He had a good voice. I gotta give him that. Yeah, he could sing like what the three different ways or whatever. Yeah, so he could be, really he nice. could sing as a tenor, a baritone, and a bass all at the same time. It was wild. Yeah. Uh also there's just something inherently hilarious about a whale in a suit with a toupee and a mustache. That was pretty fantastic. Um but then on that topic, there's like five minutes of can you imagine the narrator says something about like if willie was able to go and sing at the met can you imagine and then there's like five minutes of him doing all these different famous operas and stuff he's dressed up as a sad clown he's singing uh figaro he's doing all this stuff and i kind of enjoyed that i was like oh this is so nice i'm enjoying this and then it went back to reality bam the hammer drops and he got shot and killed spoiler alert (laughs) yep Yep. And next thing you know, they're talking about how Willie's going to sing forever in whatever heaven there is for marine creatures. And that was the entire movie. Um, it was a bit of a struggle finding everything on YouTube to be able to watch it. Uh, I mean, we paid for it, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. We can't watch it, but we paid for it. Maybe yeah. we'll try and rig our Blu-ray player to play international or region 2 dvds so we can actually watch it how it's meant to be watched yeah i found out while while we were figuring this out i was looking it up and it turns out the reason that blu-ray players and dvd players are region locked is just because a lot of times movies used to be released at different times in different regions so like it would be released in the united states six months before the uk release and then you know it'd be another two months before the japanese release and the reason they did that the reason for region locking was simply because money they wanted they they didn't want people to be able to contact their friend in the United States and have them mail them a DVD so they could watch it before the theatrical release that's the entire reason behind it and so uh there's actually whole websites dedicated to converting your blu-ray player or dvd player to be region free because it's literally just a software thing so you can actually hack your dvd player to make it play international dvds especially because nowadays Things release theatrically globally, and so it's not even really needed anymore. So uh, I, I might actually do that. I might get a cheap DVD player and then undo the region lock just so that we can get stuff like this. We will let you know. Yeah. So, so that was the whole movie. Um, what are your thoughts as far as how how did you like it? That kind of thing. If you, uh, I don't want to say fix the Blu-ray player, but if you reprogrammed it to be able to play it. I would watch it one more time so we could watch the whole thing on this DVD that we purchased. But, you know, if you never got around to it, I'd still be okay. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I can see why people would think this was their favorite of the package films. There were a lot of good points in it. There are a lot of things in it that I can see why people would love it, but it wasn't really for me. Like, Willie the Operatic Whale, if you like opera and you like 
a, a, a tragedy about a whale getting killed, then I can see why people would really like it. Um, Casey at the bat, I can see why people would really like it. I didn't particularly care for it. And so that's, that's kind of my thing with this whole movie, really. There were a couple of shorts that I really liked, but for the most part, it was, okay, I see what you did there, but it's not for me. I'm thinking there's a reason Pixar's known for shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, overall, I don't know. I, th- I think, uh, I think I'll give it about a three out of 10, like I did with the three Caballeros. I think it was about on par. I think three is accurate. I think I'll, I'll do that as well. Yeah. I just finished editing the three Caballeros episode. And so I know I have it fresh in my mind. Oh, I gave that a three. That's probably about right. Yeah. They're about on par for me. I did like Saludos Amigos more than either of these. Agreed. And our good friend Amber wrote in this week for us, and Amber said, love the new podcast as usual. I don't know why, but this movie was actually the first one I watched on Disney+. Plus. It was definitely very interesting seeing the mix of animation and live action together. That's really funny that this would be the first one you would watch, because uh, honestly, I didn't even realize this movie existed until I was starting to look at the list of animated Disney movies, you know? Yeah, it's not a very popular one. I know the first movie we watched on Disney+, Plus was... The live-action Lady and the Tramp. Which was absolutely fantastic, by the way. Um, it's been eons since I watched the animated one, but the live-action one was really great. Yeah. And so uh, we just want to shout out Amber, actually. Her shop just opened this week. She makes uh, mini ears, and they are adorable. And we actually got to order some, and they look fantastic. We got the Nightmare Before Christmas ones. They're adorable. They are. I'm so in love with them. They're so gorgeous. So yeah, you can check out her shop on Instagram and on Etsy at the Fox and the Tucker Co., which is adorable because it's like the Fox and the Hound, but her dog's name is Tucker. So, and uh, I designed her logo and stuff. So let us know if you like it because I'm really, really proud. <laughs> yeah. And in addition, other than Amber Shop, which is clearly our favorite, what's your other favorite Disney shop? I have to shout out uh, Polka Dot Paws by Abby is a fantastic shop. She does custom bandanas for your dogs to be like cosplay, like Disney characters or other pop culture kind of things. Dang it, you stole mine. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, but hers is great. I actually, she just released some new bandanas today and I bought them. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even know. (laughs) No. Uh, and then I guess, I guess since I still hear is I'll say another one. Um, Aloha ears is fantastic. They do 3d printed interchangeable ears and the lost bros is a fantastic, uh, they, they do music and stuff too. Like they have a song that's, uh, the Tiki room. Oh my goodness. We listen to it all the time. It's so good. Um, and then they're, they're kind of known for their song. Oh boy. Um, so that's the Lost Bros. Check them out on any music sites and stuff. But they also have really, really cool merch. Like, actually, Grace is wearing the Show Yourself Frozen 2 uh, t-shirt right now. I love it. It's so cute. And it goes well with the custom bandana I ordered from Polka Dot Paws by Abby <laughs> uh, of uh, Elsa in her Frozen 2 outfit at the end of the movie. So works well yeah so uh let us know what your favorite disney themed shops are like on etsy or instagram and uh if people want to get in touch with us to let us know how can they get a hold of us we're on twitter instagram at disney ages or you can email us at disney ages podcast at gmail.com 
As always, the songs in this podcast are made by Kevin McLeod and are used under a Creative Commons license. Uh, it's really great royalty-free music, so check the show notes for links to all that stuff. That's all we have for you this week, so come back next week to hear us review fun and fancy-free. Until next time. See ya. <laughs>